0: Hey good morning. You happy to be here? Good morning. Is there a pecan pie in the house? <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Let me give you another reason to be happy you're here this morning. I got a piece of good news. Zach and Savannah Schaefer are now parents. Oswin, Oliver Schaefer, was born November 21st, 2:45 p.m. after 29 hours of labor. 8 pounds, 9 ounces, 20 and a half inches long. He is perfect and has the softest brown hair all over his head and his daddy's blue eyes. We rejoice with uh, the Schaeffers, our missionary family in Eastern Europe. We're glad to hear the, the safe arrival of Oswin Oliver, and we want to continue praying for this family as they begin, really, to be a family of three now. And so we're grateful for this piece of good news. Hey, this morning I want to talk about goodness. And we're in the series that we're calling The Fruit of the Spirit, our theme statement up here on the screen right now. God loves to untwist what is twisted. God loves to untwist what is twisted. Uh, Paul, before he describes what a life that is untwisted looks like, which is the fruit of the Spirit, he describes what a twisted life looks like. And beginning in verse 19, he says, These are the acts of the flesh. Acts of the flesh are the opposite of walking with the Spirit. They are obvious sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Now, what Paul has just done, has just written, is a description of what happens to humans and their souls and their relationships and their hearts and their minds when sin is unbounded and unchecked in their life. Humans, as we have been saying week after week after week in this series, become twisted. They become crooked. They become warped. They become distorted and bent. They are not what they were created to be. And this is why there is misery in all of its forms in the world. This is why there are the signs of ruin everywhere. Sin vandalizes creation. The good news of the gospel, though, and that's what gospel means. It means good news is that everything can become untwisted and everything can become unruined. The good news is that humans are capable of being reconciled to God and restored to their original purpose. We were made in the image of God. We were made in the likeness of God in order to reflect God. We are His image bearers. We reflect God, His image, His likeness into creation. And the gospel is God's human project. And we must stop, when we talk about the gospel, we must stop defining salvation as only the forgiveness of sin. We have to stop talking about salvation only in terms of forgiveness of sins. You know, and that's and that's a great thing. Don't get me wrong; forgiveness is great. In fact, there is nobody on planet Earth that will ever forgive you everything completely. But that is what the hope of the gospel is: is that God do that completely. But in defining salvation as only the forgiveness of sin, we're saying that's the only thing that we need. We just need forgiveness, and then we're right as rain. And we know that that's not true. We still struggle with the flesh. What we need is for our old life to be replaced with a new life. And that is part of the hope of the gospel. The meaning of the resurrection coming into our life. The fruit of the Spirit is a description of what that new life, that replaced life, looks like. Instead of all of the stuff that he described earlier, he says, this is what the fruit of the Spirit looks like. It's love. And it's joy. And it's peace and it's patience or forbearance, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness and self control. Against such things, there is no law. It is becoming the human being that we were always created to be, it is becoming the human being that God created us to be. Once again, reflecting God's presence into the world, and who would disagree that this is what the world needs right now? It's people reflecting God back into creation, back to creatures. And this is what, really, the sixth component of the fruit of the Spirit is all about. This morning, as I said earlier, we're going to be thinking about goodness. So when you think of the word goodness, what do you think of? What do you think of when somebody speaks about the goodness of somebody or the goodness of something? The word Agathosine is not found in any of the, the secular Greek writings of the age. It's, it's a Bible word. In fact, it only appears just a couple of other times in the New Testament. It is sometimes a word that's hard to get our mind around. But basically, when you go to the dictionaries, they say something like this It defines, if you say somebody has goodness, it defines the, them as having uprightness of heart or uprightness of life. Now, isn't it just like a dictionary to get, get us no further down the road? I, when somebody is upright, what does it mean? They are not fallen. When somebody is upright, they're not fallen. When our children uh, were young and Ellen and I were going out for a night on those rare occasions, we would call in a babysitter. And we would give the babysitter instructions about bedtime and what the kids could watch on TV, what they were to have for supper. And then as we're going out the door, we would kiss them and we would hug them. And what do you think the last thing we always said to them was? Be good. Be good. Now, when I'm saying to my kiddos, be good, what do you think they heard? Well, they probably heard, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, right? Don't embarrass the family under penalty of death. I better not get a call from the babysitter under penalty of death when we get home be in bed and asleep under penalty of death i mean all of these are right and all of these probably went through their mind they went through my mind but when i said be good or ellen said be good to the kids what what in essence were we telling them to do we were telling them do what i would do think what i would think if you were me meaning make good decisions Meaning, whatever you think dad would do or mom would do, that's what I want you to do. Whatever you would think mom or dad would say or think on this subject, that's what we want you to think or to say. I mean, all of the other stuff is included, right? But in essence, being good was whatever dad would do if he were the kids. And for disciples of Jesus, that is really our starting point for understanding goodness. God the Father, here's the trajectory, all right? god the father defines good it is god our father who defines good you'll remember in mark chapter 10 there's a story of the rich young rich young ruler comes running up to jesus good teacher what must i do to inherit eternal life what's the first thing jesus says to him why do you call me good there's no one good except god god only over and over, this was a refrain in Israel's worship. They would sing, for instance, and think and chant out loud the words of Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is what, church? Good. Okay, let's say that with a little bit more. I mean, God is good. Is God good? Yes. So this is what they would say. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Hallelujah, right? So let's go back to the beginning, when God begins to reveal Himself to human beings. In Genesis 1 and 2, God created the heavens and the earth and everything in between, including the humans. At the end of each period of creating, God would look back over what He had created and He would say, It is good, right? In fact, even to this day, even though there is sin that has entered into the world... You can look at creation, the goodness of creation, all of it. The beauty, the diversity, the intricacies of it, the the laws of nature, and you can see some pretty amazing things that nature has to say about God. Think about what Paul says about nature and God in Romans chapter 1. He says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His His eternal power, His divine nature, have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made. They're understood, you're, you're, you're capable of understanding this because nature is saying something that is understandable. Have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. God created nature and David would say in Psalm 19 that the heavens declare the glory of God. That when God created the heavens and the earth, not only did they reveal some of the invisible nature components of God's being, but that when you look at nature, nature is actually praising God if you have ears to listen. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hand. Now how is heaven, how are the skies doing this? Because they have voices like ours. David will say in the psalm, they don't have a voice like ours. They do. They bring glory to God by doing What they were created to do. So first five days. Then we come to the sixth day. God creates the human. So in Genesis 1, look at verses 27 and 28. God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them male and female. We are told a significant piece of information right there. That when you were made and I was... you know, When God is creating humans, He is making them in His image and in His likeness. And God blesses them, and he says the second really important thing, and that is be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue it. That word subdue, kabash, in Hebrew means to to bring it under control, to bring it into organization, to to bring it into order. And then he says, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So human beings are made in the image and likeness of God, and as image bearers, we are reflecting God into creation. Humans are given work, the same work that God is doing. Bring the creation into order, subdue it, you know, bring, bring dominion over it, And God is basically saying, in making them in His image, in His likeness, and doing what He had been doing throughout the first five days of creation, He is saying, do what I would do if I were here in place of you. And at the end of the day, when God has created everything like that, the image bearers creation, creation praising God, the, the image bearers, the humans, not only, not only uh, uh, bringing God's reflection back into creation, but also allowing creation to praise God in the way that they would bring order to it. And at the end of that day, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Y'all, goodness is this really kind of a vanilla-flavored word in our human vocabulary, our our Western vocabulary. But it is such an important word theologically for us to understand and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Here's our definition. Goodness is God-centeredness made visible. Goodness is God-centeredness made visible. Say that with me. Goodness is God-centeredness made visible. Goodness describes the human being who is becoming unfallen they're upright they are becoming unfallen they are becoming becoming unruined and you know when you think about it anybody can do a good deed right i mean you don't have to be a disciple of jesus to do a good deed anybody can do it goodness is that extraordinary excellence of character where god through his holy spirit is making our heart and mind like his heart and mind Goodness is understanding what God would do, what God would say, what God would think if he were you in this place. And so this is, this is the good. God has created everything good and in goodness bringing glory to him. It's working according to, to his laws. It, it's working according to him being at the center of the universe. But then, you know, Genesis chapter 3 rolls right around, doesn't it? Sin vandalizes that good. By Genesis chapter 3, everything is changed. The serpent comes and says to the woman, God does not have your best interests at heart because you yourself don't have to have God at the center. You yourself can be like God knowing good and evil. The woman sees the one forbidden fruit was good for food. And there the humans decide that they do not want to be at the center or they do not want God to be at the center. They want to be at the center. And this creates a a cascade of crisis in the world. Childbirth becomes painful and difficult and hard and dangerous. Bringing forth life into the world is not going to be easy anymore. It's going to be hard. Thorns and thistles are going to replace the garden Sweat and toil is going to be the, the, the call of the day rather than, than the ease of paradise. Relationships are going to be at odds. And, oh yeah, there's this little thing that called death that enters into the world. Everything just gets upside down. And the good, the goodness of the good that God put in creation is vandalized. That's why David's going to say, Psalm 14, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, their deeds are vile, there is no one who does good. Isaiah, God through Isaiah says the same thing. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. The world is thus, thus have we made it. But the good news, and I'm so grateful for the gospel, the good news is that God Restores goodness. Part of the gospel, the the good news, is that goodness, the, the quality of being good, that is God's goodness, is possible once again in man. What is impossible to us, what is absolutely impossible to us, is possible with God. And again, one of the reasons that God puts His Spirit, God the Spirit within us, Goodness is what people see and what people experience in your words and actions when God is at the center of your life. Goodness is seen in living out the ramifications of living with God as king. And this is the way that Peter would put it to the church in general, 2 Peter chapter 1. He says His divine power, again, God's power coming to to work in your life has given us everything we lack nothing everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and what by god called us according to his glory and what his goodness you're here today i'm here today in this spot with the kind of relationship that we have with one another and the relationship we have with god because of god's goodness To us. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. That is, God comes to the center of your life and God puts His Holy Spirit inside of you and your heart and your mind and your soul and what you do with your body is completely changed. You're not just doing good deeds. You're just doing deeds that are natural to a person whose heart has been made good by God in order to reflect God's goodness. You, you have So that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection or brotherly love. And to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to give you uh, an assignment this week as we close down. The assignment is this. And with every person you meet, every circumstance, every opportunity to speak or to do something, ask this question. What would God do or say if he were here? What would God do or say if he were here? You know, this next week, you're going to meet an awful lot of ugliness. You're going to see the vandalization of creation close up in 3D and in vivid color. Every one of those places... It's not a matter of just seeing it and recognizing, but wondering what and how do we, as disciples of Jesus, the Son of God, how do we react and respond when we see the vandalization of a good creation? What would God do? What would God do or say right now, right here, if He were here